Welcome to Raw Storytelling, a podcast where real people share unscripted and uncensored real stories. And I'm your host, Enid Nolasco. ready to get awkward? Welcome to episode number 10 of the Raw Storytelling Podcast. Can you believe it? 10 episodes? I never, I dreamed of having just one episode and we're at 10. So I'm so excited to announce that the theme for this month's episode is, you guessed it, awkward. And I am the queen of awkwardness. I will trip on my own feet. I will say the wrong things. I will just get into the most embarrassing situations but I've learned to embrace it. And what I love about this episode is that the people that shared their awkward stories also learned to embrace those moments and just, you know, see them as normal human moments. Because if we have something in common, it definitely is that we are all awkward in some way or we have had awkward moments in our lives. That is something that we cannot escape. And I really, really love that this theme and this episode really takes the love of awkwardness to a new level with these amazing, amazing true stories by real people, real everyday people. So before we get into storytelling, I want to ask you a favor. I want to know more about you. Who is downloading this podcast? What are you, what do you like? Where do you live? I want to know everything about you. So if you don't mind, can you just take a few minutes? Honestly, it shouldn't take more than one minute and fill out the survey that I that I uh, created so I can know more about you. And that way I can actually give you better and more awesome and more just badass content. So please take a minute and go to rawstorytelling.org slash survey. That's S-U-R-V-E-Y. And um, just click on the link. Super simple survey you can fill out on your phone or your computer or your iPad equivalent and uh, just answer the questions for me and I would be so grateful. I want to know more about you so I can serve you better. So I hope you paused and filled out that survey and now you're back and uh, let's listen to some stories. This month you'll hear three people take the stage to share their most embarrassingly awkward moments and what that meant for them. First up is Katie Sandler. She's an impact coach. And if you're not sure what that is, just check out her amazingly beautiful site that was actually done by friends of mine that I used to work with. It's beautiful. Uh, Her site is katiesandler.com. It's in the show notes. And uh, she helps you get unstuck in life and create some really impactful shifts. And I said shifts, not shits. (laughs) And she also killed it with her story at Raw Storytelling, which brought down the house. There's a moment in her story when she references a movement that she's doing while hiking. 
Just imagine her hiking up a mountain while squatting. Like she literally, it was a lot, a lot of squatting. So uh, go to Ross Storytelling on Instagram and Facebook to see pictures of her recreating this squat and you'll be able to paint a perfect picture. Okay, here we go. Katie's story is titled, My Life is Made Up of Awkward Moments. So this is actually really interesting for me um, because with my profession, I'm regularly talking to people about pretty much how to get their shit together, right? Like how to find balance in life, um, how to create uh, awareness and, and, and develop like a mindful practice and all this hoopla, right? And, um, but it's interesting because behind that is me. And as the title of my stories tonight denotes, my life is made up of awkward moments. And, and it's great to know that like I'm not alone in this, right? So um, when I was preparing for tonight, there was no shortage of material to pull from. I was like, wow, do I tell you about the time, you know, my brother overheard me having anal sex. And you should ask yourself, like, how did he know it was anal, right? <laughs> and, um, well, that's because he overheard me yelling things like, do you like this chocolate starfish? <laughs> so um, he confronted me about this the next morning, and I'm going to spare you the details, but this is still one of my most mortifying stories, right? The rest of them are pretty much smooth sailing from here. So... Um, so I'm going to tell you a couple of random stories, and really the only thing that they have um, to, that brings them together is alcohol. <laughs> really. And, and thank God for alcohol, because I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for alcohol, I wouldn't be able to tell you these stories. And I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for alcohol, it wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have been able to get through these moments I'm about to share with you, okay? So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, my dad signed me up for birthright when I was in my mid-20s. So if you don't know what birthright is, it is a free, a free 10-day program to the Holy Land. So if you are of Jewish heritage, you get this free 10-day program to the Holy Land. And when I was growing up and I heard about birthright, there was one thing in common that I always heard about, and it was a party, you know? So when my dad was like, I'm going to sign you up for this, I was like, hell yes, let's go party in the Holy Land with a whole bunch of kids my age. I am so down for this. And then he told me that I was going on birthright extreme. And I'm like, oh my God, could this get any better? We're going to be skydiving. We're going to be four-wheeling. I'm going to be partying. Like, this is going to be so epic. This is right up my alley. So I get to Israel. And I find out that Birthright Extreme is not four-wheeling or skydiving. No, 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 We're going to be hiking pretty much all day, every day. And at this point in my life, I am not in great shape to be hiking. Okay, like really, I'm in great shape to be drinking. I'm really, really good at drinking. I'm not prepared to be hiking. But that's okay. I'm going to make the best of the situation because that's what you got to do, right? So we're a couple of days in to this trip, and, and we're hiking for about three hours a day. So for some of you, that might not be extreme. For me, it was really extreme. I mean, it's definitely living up to its name. And um, that's okay, because I still get to party. And we're about four or five days into this program, and we're staying on a kibbutz. And on this kibbutz is a bar. And we're having the best time ever. I mean, it's a total shit show. 
and, um, and we're up until like 4 a.m. knowing very well that we've got to wake up early the next morning, but that's okay. Like that's just gonna make it even more interesting. So we're up until 4 a.m. and we gotta get up at six. And when I wake up at six, I'm like, wow, I am super drunk still. Like this is gonna be a great time. You know, this is gonna make a really good story. And, um, and this particular day, we're hiking the Golan Heights. And for those of you that don't know what the Golan Heights is, this is like um, a protected state park of epic holy proportion, okay? This is the holy land. Besides the Wailing Wall, like this is it. So we start off on this hike and we're a couple of hours into this hike and it's a nice hike and we stop at a resting area. And this resting area has got some trees over here and it's got a small body of water and some people are just resting and other people are using the bathroom and I'm just hanging out with my friends, not using the bathroom. And then we start back, we, you know, we start off on our hike again. And at this point, about 45 minutes later, we are now at the summit and we've reached a plateau. And when we reach this plateau, there is nothing obstructing your view. I'm talking, you can do a 360 turn and it's stunning. It's just horizon everywhere. So we're up here and all of a sudden we start to descend, okay? And this is a really unusual descent because we had been on a nice path and now we're like, it's like a boulderous area, okay? So you're like, you know, having to steady yourself and like climb down these rocks and kind of doing this whole movement, right? And at this point, I'm kind of crashing from being drunk. And as I'm doing these movements, I'm like, oh God, I'm not feeling so good. Things are starting to move. And that's okay, because I look down. I'm like, that's okay, you know, it can't be that much longer of a hike, right? Like it's much longer than three hours already. It can't be that much longer. And I distinctly remember looking down and not seeing an end in sight. I was like, fuck. This is a real problem, you know? I'm like, this is, this is a real issue. And meanwhile, I'm still doing this, right? Like, this is not helping anything. And all of a sudden, I start to panic. And I whistle, and I stop the chaperone. She's a little bit ahead of us. I'm like, yo, yo, I need you. So I shuffle a little bit down to her, and she shuffles up to me. And as soon as we reach each other, she looks at me with this face of, like, total disappointment. Like, what do you want, you know? And I'm like, listen, I'm about to shit myself. Like, what do I do? And she looks at me like, really, this is happening. And I look at her like, aren't you going to pull a porter potty out of your backpack? Because I need to go to the bathroom. And when I tell you there is no tree in sight anywhere. So she looks at me, she goes, sorry, Katie, but you're just going to have to shit here. <laughs> Guys, I'm with 48 kids. We're they're right here, you know? She hands me some wet naps. And I just, and, and here's another one, I distinctly remember not thinking. There was no thinking, I just had to go. So I shuffle down, and I get, and I get down on this rock. I'm going to the bathroom, just let it ride, you know? Guys, I look up, and everyone's standing right there. <laughs> They're all looking at me. You know, some people have gracefully turned their back to give me some privacy. <laughs> this is okay. This is okay because now I'm relieved. I'm relieved, you know? And I get up and I shuffle up the hill and I'm like, fuck. You know, I'm never going to live this down, but at least I got to go. And I put the wet naps in a little baggie and, and everyone's kind of giving me a hard time. And that's okay. It's over. 
And so we proceed to start walking. Guys, she, she led us right by the shit. It wasn't over. There was, there, it got worse. So everyone is walking by the poop, you know, and it's, it's muddy and it smells and, and then people are making comments. And I'm like, you're making me relive this? Like, the, like as if it wasn't bad enough that everyone had to watch me go to the bathroom? So I'm, I'm trying to laugh it off, right? Because the sense of humor is the best thing to have in a situation like this. And we get down, and it took us two hours to get down. There was no way I was gonna be able to hold this. So thank God I knew I like, made the right decision. And later on that night, after the day is done, I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, you will not believe what happened today. And he's like, oh God. I should tell you a little bit about me that my dad responded that way. And I was like, you just won't believe what happened. I shit on the Golan Heights, Dad. I shit on the Holy Land. And that is my claim to fame, Dad. How freaking cool is that? Who else can say that they shit on the Holy Land? Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm a little proud of it, I have to tell you. And it's this moment that really made me um, prepared in life. Because if you can get through that, you can get through almost anything. Maybe not your brother here and you have anal sex, but almost anything besides that. And so that really sets me up for this next story, because if I hadn't gone through that, there's no way I would have gotten through this next story. So I'm dating this guy, Louie. Louie and I are only dating for a short period of time. And um, prior to Louie, I was dating this guy, Justin. And I was going through this phase, you know, I dated a guy for a couple of weeks and then moved on to the next. And you can judge me, it's okay. And, um, and so Louie and I go to our local bar, the Lynn Haven Pub, I'm from Virginia. And we're hanging out at the bar, and, and there's a, a high top table right here, and then the bar's right here, okay? And so we're hanging out at the high top table, and I, and I leave the table to walk up to the bar to grab another drink. And as I'm standing at the bar, getting my drink, I look over at the table, and who's there? Justin. So I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. What's, what's the worst that could possibly happen? We're all adults here. This is not a big deal. So I grab my, my shot and my beer, and I walk back over to the table. And I'm probably at the table for all of maybe a minute. Hey, how's it going? You know, we live in a somewhat of a small community, so they know each other, and it's, it's, there's some tension there. You know, like it's a little awkward. And all of a sudden, Justin turns to Louie and goes, so Louie, has Katie told you that you have a pretty cock too? And at that moment, my heart dropped because I had. <laughs> and so I looked at Louie and I was like, oh, fuck. And Louie looked at me and then Louie looked back at Justin and Louie goes, Justin, as a matter of fact, she has. And all I could do at that moment was take the shot, grab the beer, and shrug my shoulders and go, what are you gonna do, guys? My bad for using the same compliment twice. Like, like I can't be at fault for that, right? Needless to say, I was definitely at fault for that. Um, Louie and I did not go home together that night, and um, we did not spend time after that, and I will never use the same compliment more than once, ever again, don't do it. You think it's not gonna happen, and that proves it, the, that shit really happens. Like, like, I cannot make up that story. It's still, it's, <laughs> honestly, it's still one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> so, so moving on. So as I'm preparing for tonight, 
I get on Facebook and I, and I put a post up. Does anyone have an awkward story with me? And I get an overwhelming amount of responses. And some of them are like amazing. Some of them I don't even remember. I'm like, wow, I did this? This is nuts, you know? But one of them in particular, uh, my friend David reached out to me and he was like, listen, I have a really awkward story. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. But I wanted to hear it from his perspective. I'd never really heard these stories from someone else's perspective. So David proceeds to tell me the story, and I'm going to mix it up between me telling you and, and his version as well. Um, oh, and everything I'm telling you tonight, nothing's exaggerated. Like, I can't possibly make any of this up. So David, so David says, you know, I met you on Tinder. You were young and cute. And um, we'd hung out a couple of times. And he says, and then you invited me to go out with you and your friends one night. And he says, so I show up at your house. And clearly you had already been drinking and you're smoking weed and I'm already like, oh, maybe this isn't a good place for me to be. Like, maybe I shouldn't be going out with this girl, you know? And he's like, but I, I was like, what the hell? I'll go out. Let's see what happens. And he said, and, and we get to the first bar and we have a good time. And then we leave that bar and we go to another bar. And we go to another bar and we go to another bar. And he says, and I quickly realize, like, you are a party girl because you know every bartender and every person and every bar. And I'm like, wow, this is a huge red flag. Like, I should not be out with this girl, you know? And he said, but I'm already out. I'm already drunk. So I'm like, well, let me just see the night through and, and that'll be that. So David tells me, you know, so we go out and, and we're totally drunk, like completely plastered. And he says, when we go back to your house... And this is the moment where he says, I was not interested in you. And I was like, I'm going to go home. But for some reason, you decide to throw yourself on me. And I'm like, oh, I remember this. He's like, and you're wrestling with me. Like, what are you doing? You're wrestling with me. And I don't know why I was wrestling, but I was. I was like, you know, pinned him on the ground. And I'm not even, and I had to tell you, I'm not even really that interested in this guy. I must just be that drunk, like totally rare form, you know. And... Um, so he says, you know, and I finally break free of you, and I, like, couldn't get out the house fast enough. He's like, so I get out the house, and I remember, you know, getting home and thinking to myself, what the hell just happened? Like, what universe was I in all night with this, this girl? Like, what a complete mess you were. I was like, I was. I was such a mess. I mean, honestly, like, it was not okay. I said, but David, that wasn't the funniest part of the story. He goes, what do you mean? I said, the funniest part of the story is when you left the house, I ran out after you. And I got in the car, and I proceeded to refuse to get out of the car, and I start bawling, crying, saying, nobody likes me, and oh, my God. And, and as I'm telling him this part, he's dying. He's like, oh, my God, you're right. That was the most awkward part. And I'm like, it was crazy. Like, why was I acting that way? And he goes, I don't know, girlfriend, but I am shocked that you went from being like that to the way you are today. And I was like, honestly, I am too. But I have to tell you that that was the last moment that I can really recall a crazy incident like that. I woke up the next morning. I was so embarrassed. Really, I was very embarrassed. And I realized what I had done. I thought it was cool to be this drunk mess. And then I realized that for people who are, like, mature and have their shit together, it was not cool at all, you know? So that leads me to my final story of the evening. Um, about four years ago, I was finishing school, and I had stopped dating this guy. I, had, I was trying to date him. He would not date me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, one of those things where it's like, well, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I'm, I'm down to hang out. And you're like, well, maybe if I keep hanging around, 
So we stopped talking and I'm finishing school and I'm like, I'm just gonna focus on myself. Like I'm even like growing out my pubes to help deter me from hooking up with people. I'm like, well, if I've got a bush, I won't hook up with anyone. And you know, I'm just gonna stay focused on me. I'm gonna take care of myself, you know? So, 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 so um, this is a Tuesday night and my final's on a Wednesday. And I'm, it's late at night, I'm about to go to bed, and I'm killing time on Tinder, you know, feeding my ego, just scrolling through. And all of a sudden, I come across this guy. And it's this guy that all of my friends had been talking about for quite some time. One of my friends specifically was like, you need to meet this guy. And I'm like, who the fuck cares about this guy? But here's this guy on Tinder, and I'm like, well, I should swipe and see if he has already swiped me, you know? Like, everyone's ooing and eyeing over him. So I'm like, all right, I swipe. And he, and he had already liked me, and I was like, ha-ha. Uh, but I did not write anything and, and I went to bed. So the next morning I wake up, I go to my final and when I was done with my final, I had plans to meet up with my girls for ladies night. And I'm talking tap 42 and then fat cats, you know, so I am pumped. I leave my final, I couldn't drive fast enough to tap 42. I pull up and as soon as I pull up, my girlfriend comes running out to meet me. She's like, guess who's here? And I'm like, oh God, Todd. And Todd was the guy that I had like, was, you know, that's all I cared about apparently. And I was like, oh, is he here? And she was like, no. I was like, oh, well then who cares who's here? And I'm like, who's here? She's like, Matt. I'm like, who the fuck is Matt? And she's like, you know, Captain Matt. And I'm like, okay, like who cares? Like, let's go get a drink, girl, prerogatives, you know? So I get into tap 42, I say hi to my girlfriends. I immediately turn to the waitress. I'm like, can I get a DT beer? And she's like, sure. And as soon as she walks away, I turn front and center. And here comes this tall, good looking guy. And I'm like, here's this guy. And my girlfriend grabs him and pulls him in. And it's like, Matt, this is Katie. Katie, this is Matt. And I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you. And he's like, hey, don't I know you? And I'm like, no, no, you don't know me. He's like, hold on one second. And he pulls out his phone and he's scrolling through. And he's like, isn't this you? And I was like, yeah, that's me, you know? Like, kind of annoyed. I'm like, yeah, that's me, what's up? And he was like, well, this is awkward. And I'm like, no, no, actually, this is not awkward. <laughs> I'm like, but you're making it awkward. And my friends are like, yeah, you're making it awkward. And he goes, well, now what do we do? And I go, well, I guess you take my number if you're interested, and if you're not, you keep walking. Verbatim, guys, verbatim the story. And he was like, well, okay. And he hands me his phone. And I'm like, seriously? Like, All right, I guess I'll put the phone number right. Right then, thank God, the waitress comes back with my beer. I'm like, bye, it was nice to meet you. And I turn around and I grab my beer and I totally engage. And he, and he walks off. And um, about less than five minutes later, he sends me a really cute text. And um, I proceed to have a great night with my ladies. We go to Fat Cat's route until pretty late in the morning. And wouldn't you know it, I ended up at his house. And we've been together ever since. And he has the prettiest cock of them all. So that's my stories, guys. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Yo, drop your glasses, shake your asses, face screwed up like you having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one. This one, classic. Red one, blonde, yeah, bitch, I'm um, Today I'm going to be
sharing a story about family, but more importantly, a crazy Latino family. <laughs> and if you're a Latino, you know how it goes, right? You know, you have your aunts, your uncles, your primos, your tias, your grandparents, your second cousins, your third cousins. You have that tia that is not actually your tia, but is your mom's best friend, so she's actually your tia too. And they have to get invited to everything, right? You know, if it's your wedding or a birthday, your mom tells you, it's like, no, you know, even though she's not actually your tia, she's also my best friend, so she has to come. So that's the sort of family I grew up in, and I grew up in Honduras, so, uh, and I moved here to the U.S., well, I don't know, like 10 years ago. And uh, growing up, we would get together every Sunday at my grandparents' house, and it was super fun. I mean, all my cousins would play around while the adults would take naps, and we didn't get it. It was like, why did they sleep all the time? Um, but it was a great time, and uh, looking back, I, I miss that a lot. And forward now, we, a lot of us have emigrated, we're here in the US, all over the world. And the way that we keep in touch is WhatsApp. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a messaging app. But this WhatsApp thing is crazy. I mean, you have your family group and it doesn't stop. I mean, that thing goes off all day long. It's like ding, ding, ding. You know, you have your tío sending you this, according to him, super funny meme. Um, and, it, and then you have not only your core family chat, at least I have this extended family chat as well. And that goes crazy too. But then you have the chat with only the cousins and the chat with only your sisters. And this is how we stay in touch. But it's crazy, you have to mute that thing, if you know what I mean, because it doesn't stop. Um, so that's the kind of family I grew up in. And a saying that my mom would say all the time is like, you know, when you get married, you don't only marry him, you also marry his family. And I was like, what? It's like, that doesn't make sense. But here I am, crazy, and I married a Latino, okay? I married a Colombian, also coming from a large, very united family with the primos and the tios and the aunts and the uncles. And in every family, there's always that aunt, that tia, that if you tell them something, <laughs> the entire family will know. That just, you know, it's a given. And back in the day, it probably would have been like taking them maybe a day to tell everyone or at a birthday party. But now with that WhatsApp thing, it's like in 30 seconds. It's like the world know what's, knows what's going on. Um, so I married into this amazing Colombian family, um, and it's been great for the past four years. But when I realized that I was really a part of this family, it wasn't this one particular moment. And I'll get to that in, one, in a second. So as a large family, uh, part of my husband's family lives in Colombia, and part of it lives here. So one of the primas was getting married. Uh, so the Colombian family travels here, and they were up in Boca. And um, so we decided to go up and stay in Boca for the weekend, because of course you have the rehearsal dinner, and the family gathering, and the brunch, and the actual wedding, right? So we stay up there, because there was space at one of his aunt's um, apartments. And two of his aunts live in the same apartment building. So we stay over there, uh, we go up there right after work, it's the rehearsal dinner. 
We go to this rehearsal dinner, and of course it's a lot of fun. We have some drinks. Uh, my husband is looking hot, you know. <laughs> um, and you know, love is in the air. So we come, we go back after, um, you know, after this amazing rehearsal dinner. And remember, we're staying at the aunt's apartment. But um, you know, according to me, it's only us staying at the apartment in one bedroom, and you know, my sister-in-law staying in the other bedroom. And that's it. And my sister-in-law goes to bed, and it's like we go to bed, and okay, we're good. Remember, I told you my husband was looking hot that night. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, not thinking that it would be, you know, uh, awkward at all. But um, you know, we go to bed, and then all I hear is, you know, the door creaks open and it's like oh no oh no dios mio oh no do you want to guess what happened <laughs> yes we were having sex and to some of you that might not be awkward but to me i was like oh my god what did she see did you see my boobs or my butt or his dick oh my god so all of this is going through my mind, and it's like, what if we just never talk about it again? What if like, we just forget about it? <laughs> but that cannot happen in a Latino family, you know? So what happens next, right after that moment? Besides the fact that the moment is killed, okay? <laughs> you know, that moment when I felt that my husband was looking hot, I was like, you just killed my moment. <laughs> um, so then, you know, right after that, she closed the door and she left. And my husband decides to call her right there and then. And my, my head is still spinning. And I'm like, why would you just call? But then she calls and they're cracking up laughing. My aunt, her, his aunt is laughing at the other end of the phone. Uh, she was the one that lived in the other apartment. So just a couple of floors uh, difference. And, um, and I hear another voice in the background laughing as well. I was like, who else is there? <laughs> well, it was my mother-in-law. So my mother-in-law, I guess, was in the elevator when all of this went down. And I was like, well, at least it wasn't my mother-in-law that walked in. <laughs> that would have been even more awkward. But it doesn't end there because, you know, everyone needs to know about this, of course. But I didn't expect to find out that my nine-year-old nephew would say the next morning, tell us, oh, we know what happened last night. <laughs> uh, so I don't know for you, but uh, getting caught, you know, having sex by a family member that is not actually your family, but now is really my family, it's quite awkward. And that's what goes, goes down in a crazy Latino family in just a snapshot. Thank you. Thank you, Angie, for sharing all of your dirty secrets, having sex in other people's beds. Yum. <laughs> I can tell you that Latino families are definitely like that. So just in the two hours that I've been with you, I have 34 WhatsApps on my phone. 34. And it's just my mom and my sister, I think, is crazy. It is constant all day long. 
So I do love being a Latina, though. You just heard Angela Garcia. She's a creative powerhouse here in South Florida. Her brand, The Artesana, helps women in the corporate world connect with their creative side. You can find her on Instagram at Angie the Artesana. Right about now is where we would take a break and talk about our sponsors, aka you. We're looking for sponsors. Raw storytelling started as my passion project and has become a reality thanks to supporters like you. And I want to keep growing this movement that allows any person from any background to have a voice. Become a sponsor. Email me at enid at rawstorytelling.org or go to rawstorytelling.org slash donate. Give me your money and I'll do great things with it. Next up is Tara Jeffers Guedes. She's a yoga teacher, traveler, amazing spirit, and she believes dancing could save the world, which I completely, completely agree with. Her story is titled, Well, That Was Awkward. Um, so tonight's stories are about awkward moments. I had a lot of material to choose from. I thought about telling you guys... Uh, about the time I flung the shower curtain open on the dad I was nannying for. That was fun. Uh, I also contemplated telling the story about the time I pooped my pants in the mall and was wearing really short jean shorts. And as it started dribbling down my leg, I waddled to the rack, grabbed a shirt, and went into the dressing room, cleaned myself up with said shirt, and then gave it back to the fitting room attendant because... Obviously, it just wasn't my size. Um, not my shiniest moment. Also, not, the, not what I want to elaborate on tonight. What I want to share with you guys is some of the awkwardness that has ensued on my journey to self-discovery. My spiritual path has been riddled with strange, and I believe my ability to embrace all of that weirdness has allowed me to live my life in ways I could never imagine, like saying all of this in front of all of you right now. Um, see, five years ago, I was a really different woman. In fact, even the notion of referring to myself as a woman would have made my throat close up and my stomach hurt. I kept myself very, very small. I was, my whole world revolved around my physical body. I worked out two, sometimes three times a day. I obsessed over everything I ate and I guzzled water by the gallon because I had this belief that the more water I drank, the more my body would rid itself of the food I ate, thus keeping me skinny and therefore lovable. I also lived in constant fear of money. I, if I wasn't at the gym, I was working. I worked seven days a week, more often than not, 12 hours a day. I hoarded all my savings and was still always afraid there wasn't enough. I would literally chew my fingernails off in the line to get a coffee or a smoothie with friends. I would be wrecked with indecision. And by the time I got to the register, I would either freak out and just order a water or 
I would take the plunge and get something and then literally spend days feeling guilty about the money that I wasted. Um, and <laughs> I lost my train of thought, sorry. Um, <laughs> but so through all of that, though, there was there was a part of me that always allowed a, some splurging, and that was traveling. I would buy one-way tickets and spend months at a time exploring the world. And I guess that's when I really allowed myself to come to life. I gave up my crazy workout regimen. I didn't live in fear of cookies. I learned to cook and read, and I hung out with friends, and I stayed awake past 8 p.m. And it, it was almost like a double life. But there was, through all of that, there was still something missing, something I was longing for. And so about three years ago, I started asking the really hard questions. I started reading all the books and listening to all the talks. And I discovered the concept of awareness. And I began to see my life from a whole new perspective. I became aware of my behavior patterns. And I was forced to acknowledge the fact that I was responsible for all of my suffering, which was a really painful pill to swallow. And so I struggled because shouldn't I have known better? And I suffered because no matter how hard I prayed for peace, for clarity, for understanding, for proof, God never came and sat down on my lap. There was no flash of lightning that showed me my future. I didn't get x-ray vision. I didn't learn how to live off of oxygen. I was still just me, and I made mistakes all the freaking time. So despite all my prayers, not, God never did make me that arc, but he did give me something slightly less profound. Gas. I, my biggest breakthrough ever came through a series of very large burps. Not kidding, I literally burped my way to freedom in a San Pedro ceremony, and I met my heart for the very first time. And I've had an intimate relationship with it ever since, and it's so clear to me now that that is the element that was missing all along. That is what I was searching for. Um, and once in uh, intense yoga practice, I discovered a tiny, sly little skeleton living inside of my hip. And I knew straight away he was responsible for a lot of pain I was carrying around. And with my ability to just embrace him and be non-judgmental, I was able to coax him into leaving. And I have an improved sense of flexibility in my hips ever since. And um, so nowadays I chant, I spin around in circles, I scream and cry. I proclaim things out loud, often at the top of my lungs. I hug a particular tree in my yard all the time. I hug it and smush my heart against it and ask it to give me wisdom. I run down the beach singing Moana and I feed my period blood to our house plants. And maybe all that shit is really weird, but do you know what? It's also magic. Last, or this week, on Monday actually, I created an art ceremony for myself just to explore my creativity and kind of remove this block that I can't draw. And I want to show you guys what I made. So, <laughs> hopefully you all can see it. I have no idea what this is. No fucking idea what this is. It's maybe an egg with wings. 
that's potentially swimming through a sea of jelly beans and maybe it's on fire. I don't know what those red squiggles are. And you know what, there's literally nothing more awkward than that picture, but it's a way better story than, well, I watched some TV I didn't like and I stayed up too late and I took a sleeping pill and I went to bed. Like, life is about magic, about finding the magic in the ordinary moments. So who cares if Jacob, the really spicy pool boy I hung out with last night, is really just Marcelo. My life is more fun because I get to spend time with both of them. And maybe I don't have a Native American spirit guide named Wolf Sparkle, but I'm 100% sure that when I asked her to dance with me last weekend, she did. And dancing is always more fun when shared with others. And honestly, I just figure, fuck it, this life is my story. Why not make it a good one? Thank you. Yeah, so I'm gonna read something awkward. I kinda wanna do awkward every month, it's really fun. I was with a girl and her ex-boyfriend showed up, banging on the door. After calling her 30 times in a row, I hid in the closet and he found me and the used condom. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. That's all for this episode of Raw Storytelling. Our next episode will be released on the 16th of next month. And meanwhile, tell a friend, subscribe, rate and review us, sign up for our live shows, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Raw Storytelling, and check out our awesome website, rawstorytelling.org. On the site, you can listen to more featured stories, find storytelling tips, and donate. If you're in the South Florida area, attend a live show, or better yet, sign up to share your story at rawstorytelling.org. By the way, this song at the end of our show is by a good friend of the podcast, The Truth Tones, and this is his debut single titled Hollywood, and you can find more about him and his music on Instagram at The Truth Tones. The other music you heard in this episode is by Paddington Bear, Eva Luna, Portron Portron Lopez, and other varied artists featured on our live show recordings. Shout out to DJ Sandoz who recorded the live audio for this episode's stories. Fabiel Lozada is our podcast editor, and Cafe Collective is our host venue. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, email me at enid at rawstorytelling.org. Until next time, I'm Enid Nolasco. Stay raw. Stay raw.